What up, positive folks? We are super excited that you're able to tune in for another episode of The World of Positivists, the world's positive advocates in society that is brought to you by The Positive Vibes Magazine. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Suzanne Hanser. They founded the Music Therapy Department at Berklee College of Music, where they currently serve as Chair Emerita and Professor. Dr. Hanser is currently president of the International Association for Music and Medicine and past president of the World Federation for Music Therapy and the National Association for Music Therapy. Her books include Integrative Health Through Music Therapy, Uncompanying the Journey from Illness to Wellness, Manage Stress and Pain Through Music, the book and the CD with Suzanne Mendel, and the third edition of the New Music Therapist's Handbook. We're very excited to welcome you, Dr. Hanser, and she is clearly passionate about music therapy, and she's going to discuss how music therapy can improve your body, mind, spirit, and can be a gateway to positivity and happiness. Welcome, everyone, to the World of Positivists, coming from Positive Vibes Magazine. Today, we have a special guest, Suzanne Hanser who is a professor in music therapy from the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. She's the author of Integrative Health Through Music Therapy, accompanying the journey from illness to wellness. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for coming on. Please just tell everyone about yourself who don't know about you. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's a lot you don't know, but um, <laughs> I, I am uh, privileged to have had a career in music therapy that now brings me to uh, a position of being president of the International Association for Music and Medicine. And uh, in my career, I've had the pleasure of witnessing some amazing impact of music on people's lives in different ways. So I'm, I'm really honored to be here and happy to share whatever you'd like to know. Yeah, um, I'm just curious on what it what exactly is music therapy and how does it kind of differ from just personally listening to music on your own time or you discovering music yourself? What's like the difference? I know that music therapy is like a discipline, but what, what is, what's like the difference between those two things? I'm so glad you asked because when people see that just listening to music can help lift their moods and have impact on how they feel, they, they call it music therapy. But you're right, there's a big distinction between music therapy and other ways that Music is therapeutic and music therapy is conducted by a qualified music therapist. Mm -hmm. So in the US, uh, music therapists are board certified and uh, to become and remain board certified, they have to have graduated from a, an accredited curriculum in music therapy. They have to put in um, a certain number of clinical hours and an approved internship and other clinical field work. And they need to pass a national examination. So this is a bona fide field with standards of practice, code of ethics, uh, and is a healthcare profession that enables people, enables people who have a talent in music to use that talent to serve others. And music therapy can be a form of nonverbal psychotherapy because of the way that it reaches people uh, at their core, at the heart, you might say. 
And music therapists use a very systematic approach to meeting specific goals and objectives in their work as music therapists. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Very interesting. Um, I'm curious on, you talked about how you were involved as a music therapist. What was, what's the work like day to day, um, if that makes sense? <laughs> it sure does. And you know, music therapists can work in so many different settings, hospitals, clinics, schools, community centers, nursing homes, rehab centers, you name it. Um, music is kind of universal. And the tools that music therapists use uh, can be with, with children in a neonatal intensive care unit, uh, having their, their mothers and family members sing to them and create lullabies to lull them to sleep and to relax them. And of course, that's a very different type of music therapy than something uh, in a medical center where people who have a chronic disease, perhaps like cancer, can benefit from coping techniques through music. Not only helping people relax and deal with anxiety, but also working through depression and finding that music that speaks to, to you so that, you know, sometimes it's even hard to figure out how we feel, yeah. but a piece of music can send a message that is really speaking to you. And you say, that's it, that's how I feel. And there's so many artists who have created music out of their own pain and suffering and their vast trauma and experience in life. And, and it is that empathy that we all need sometimes. So music therapy can look like something at the beginning of life, something at the end of life, where I like to call music therapists midwives at the other end of life, where they're really helping people to accept uh, what is going on uh, at end of life and to, um, to help family members accept that death. Uh, so it can be so varied depending upon the people we're working with but the important thing is that we're really finding the creative inner music and inner talent of people. And we get to bring that out and engage people in musical experiences and in creative experiences that bring out their best, that can bring out a sense of awe about life and really experience the beautiful in life. So wow. I, know, I know you deal in positive psychology mm -hmm. uh, through, your, um, you, through your work here. And I like to think that the music therapy profession was the original positive psychology because that's exactly what we do. We help people to flourish by finding that creative way to solve their problems, by finding the music that empathizes with how they feel by creating and mastering new musical skills to express something profound and to find meaning in your life. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I can clearly tell you love this field and it's amazing. Um, so my next question was kind of like what you brought up in the middle 
maybe this is a hard question to answer because um, it's hard to even ask because it can be so um, complicated. But why music, though? What is it about? I know it's like such a hard question, probably. But what is it about music compared to poetry or speech or any of the traditional forms of communication? Why is music one of the most powerful like expressions of art? And why does it have such an effect on people psychologically? Well, you have uh, asked it an indeed very challenging <laughs> question, but it deserves an answer. And, uh, you know, philosophers and mystics and esoterics and, and wise people uh, since the dawn of time have been trying to figure out how it is that music has this power, this ability to reach people. And fortunately, thanks to some of the latest technology, we're able to get some hints into how it is that music can affect us. So with the uh, current brain studies that we're able to do now with more sophisticated brain scanning, we're discovering that music infuses the brain. All of the cortices of the brain can be affected, even if we're just listening to a piece of music. Think about that. If you're listening to a piece that you know well, maybe a piece you really like, mm-hmm. you may, if you're closing your eyes, you may be able to conjure up an image of when you first heard this music or when you first played this music or maybe the concert that you went to and heard it or perhaps it was played at a religious service or a wedding or some special celebration. That that occipital part of the the brain is lighting up as if you were there and you feel all the sensations of that experience just through having an image in your mind. You're also um, pumping up that memory center deep in the limbic system and the centers that control emotion automatically without even processing, oh, Who's the artist on that? And when did I hear that? The music automatically, I like to say, goes right to the limbic system, goes right to the embedded part of the brain where we, where our autonomic nervous system is affected. The arousal that we feel from that music is really affecting our, our, uh, our nervous system in that it can deeply relax us and activate the parasympathetic autonomic nervous system, but it can also excite us, energize us, that power song that just speaks to you and gives you that energy, pumps you up. You like to exercise to it, or you like to listen to it when you just feel so frustrated, you want to punch someone, but instead you can dance and sing a power song. That's really activating the sympathetic autonomic nervous system which is that arousal that we feel when we're so stressed out. But I like to say that music can bring homeostasis. It's not always that couch potato bliss of being zoned out with music, although it can do that. It can really, really balance us because even that energy is paired with a very positive emotional response a very positive psychological reaction. And so we can feel good, both when we're aroused and when we're completely relaxed by a piece of music. And this is all just in the listening process. 
the memories and associations are activated. And there are so many neural pathways that link up the auditory system to the reward system and to areas of the brain that release neurochemicals like dopamine and serotonin, the feel good chemical. Even some studies about oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical that music can do. It's that connection that's lighting up so much of our brain and so many different pathways that it's deeply embedded in who we are, you might say. So this, this at least adds some neurological evidence to know that there's a lot going on there. And we know also that when music changes our mood, it's changing our heart rate, our blood pressure. It's, it's affecting something called heart rate variability, which is really important in regulating the autonomic nervous system. And I think right now we all need to regulate our nervous system. Uh, wow, um, that's really interesting. And this is a perfect transition to talking about the pandemic and COVID-19. Um, yes. And I think because I know people that aren't listening to music because they would tend to listen to music on the road and now that they're not driving as much, they aren't getting that satisfaction from music anymore or that deepened level from it. And so I'm curious on if you've spoken to people that are not therapeutically listening to music anymore, what they're doing instead, or maybe if that's actually made things worse for them. And if you think mm -hmm. that listening to music would actually help a lot of people during COVID-19 right now, curious on what your thoughts are on all those. I know I asked kind of a lot there, but. <laughs> it's great. It's an important question because, you know, so many of us are stuck inside we know what we can't do. We don't know what we can do tomorrow. The uncertainty is so visceral. We feel that, all of us. We feel it in our own unique ways, but we're all experiencing such losses and such um, angst at, at uh, having such limitations in our lives. Um, but music is something that we can do. It's something we can have if we have uh, access to, whether it's a record player or a radio or an iPod or iPad or computer um, and all of the apps that are available to help us select music for different moods. Uh, the Spotify and Pandora and so many streaming services now. And on YouTube, we can find our favorite performances. Music is accessible to us now. So that's number one. We, we, this is something we can do. We can't reach out and touch anybody, but we can bring music into our lives with whatever way we can. And you know what? Even if we didn't have any of those things, we have our music. Our breath is our inner rhythm and it begins to express who we are. Our, our voices are our own instruments and we can use our voices to really release how we're feeling and what's going on for us. And so many songs, 
speak to the kinds of challenges that we're that we're all facing now. So we can't, you know, just chat with a friend side by side, but we can have our music there. And I actually have been um, during this time teaching a course uh, for Berkeley Online called um, Music Therapy Techniques for Wellness. And people don't have to have any musical background to take this course. So people from all over the world uh, are enrolled and they are learning some kind of coping techniques and they're learning about how to vitalize their relationship with music. And um, a couple of people that I can think of have been doing remarkable things to help them during the pandemic. So one woman is at home, of course. Uh, she has a husband who's working at home, two children, they're in a small apartment. And she often feels like she can't escape. Maybe you can relate to this. I know many people can. Mm -hmm. And one day she found that just her husband's typing on the computer was driving her crazy. <laughs> Right? Maybe you, again, some of you listening can relate to that, that just the littlest things just make us so frustrated. Yeah. And, and she really didn't have anywhere to escape to, but she did close the door to her bedroom and she went in with her, with her iPod. And we've been learning about a technique that music therapists use called the ISO principle. And the ISO principle is about matching your mood with a piece of music that really speaks to you. So if you're really agitated, really frustrated, really angry, and who hasn't been at some point, I think, during this very difficult time, right? Um, you know, if you were to listen to some new age music, really soft, smooth jazz, that's so far away from how you're feeling that it may even frustrate you further. So it's not like we can whistle a happy tune. That's not what music therapists do. What they do is help people identify what's the music that really speaks to you, that really expresses what's happening. And she created a playlist that started with those pieces that were just, that's the way it feels to be so frustrated. And slowly added some music that was more about how she wanted to feel. And in fact, I have her playlist here. It starts with, it's not me, it's you by Skillet. Oh. And goes on to all I really want, Alanis <laughs> Morissette. And then just give me a reason by Pink. Something just like this, Coldplay. And then it's moving into this more positive, accepting, soothing music. Something happened on the way to heaven, Phil Collins. And finally, still the one, Orleans. And she listened to still the one several times, went out of her bedroom and she wrote me to say, by the end of the playlist, I'm in a much healthier state and feeling quite happy. Music is my dearest and most intimate companion. So she's really speaking to that connection with music, a companion right there. You may not be able to touch your loved ones outside of your house, but your music can touch you deeply. Wow. 
Yeah, um, that's great. All that stuff you were talking about, it's so very interesting how music can touch people's hearts so much. And I'm not going to downplay music, but it's just different beats, it's different notes, and it just has such an enormous effect. It's amazing. Um, and I was going to say, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, because you mentioned New Age, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard of Binaural Beats. Yes. Yeah, great. I was going to bring it up because I think it's interesting how, and if you could explain what binaural beats are, you probably have a better explanation than I do for people who don't know. But right I think ahead. Right ahead. Yeah, I think it's, I used to listen to them. Um, and I think it's amazing what effects it has on your spiritual awakening just because of the frequency. I think that's interesting. Can you speak on that? Yeah. So there's a whole field called sound healing, mm -hmm. which uh, looks at, at vibration and um, things like binaural beats and different ways, even even brain waves, and and how we can use um, different sounds. Um, but there's not a lot of research to support it. A lot of anecdotal evidence. So many people say listening to these binaural uh, binaural beats uh, with some specific music can help them concentrate. Um, there's not a lot of evidence to support that. Um, and yet there is a great deal of evidence that music that is meaningful is able to truly uh, awaken. Uh, you mentioned a, a spiritual experience. Um, it's able to affect you in so many ways. It's affecting your mind, your body, it can be affecting your spirit and soul. That's harder to measure for a scientist. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we certainly know what's going on in terms of brain activity, what's going on in terms of uh, our vital organs when we're able to experience music fully. And we know a lot about flow and awe and how music can bring on this flow state, Chixmahai described, uh, in a lot of the positive psychology literature, where, um, you know, it's not just uh, zoning out and being distracted by music. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, I, I can use it to distract me. I want to think about what's going on outside in the world. I don't want to enter that chaos. I'm just going to plug myself in. I don't think that's the healthiest way to use music. Music is there to really actively listen to so that you can feel your feelings, understand what's going on for you. And then you can move the music just as this young woman did in changing her playlist to evoke a more positive and a more constructive way to face what she's facing. Wow, yeah, um, that's really interesting because yeah, I can imagine a lot of people may use the music for escape and solely on the purpose of escape. And like you said, it may not be the healthiest way because you're using music just to get away from your true feelings in the world instead of kind of approaching them. So I think it's interesting how when you listen to music, you're kind of also listening to yourself and what oh. I think it's interesting, yeah, and how you, you're listening to yourself and what you really want. And it's interesting how music can bring about emotions that you maybe didn't even think they were there or that you've hidden for a long time. Um, so I think it's interesting. I mean, I even consider music like a time travel because like you said, if you can listen to, yeah, if you can listen to a song you listened to when you were 20 and then you're 
maybe 50 or 60 and you hear it again and it just brings you right back to that moment of when you were 20 and that concert you were at and that experience you had and all those emotions flooding through you it's almost like time travel which is definitely an interesting concept it would be interesting if they did a sci-fi movie on time travel with music or something like that I, I want to be an advisor, if not an actress <laughs> in that one. I love that idea. And I love the way you're putting this, that music is, is you know, reminding you of yourself. And uh, I so agree with everything you just said. And in terms of time travel, it really does. It takes us back to that moment. And we're there. And all the brain activity is, is so active, so uh, connected. Our neural pathways are connecting us to that time when we first heard it, or the time when we fell in love and there was some music playing. I mean, these are the connections. And even for people who have neurological degenerative disorders like Alzheimer's disease, they can truly use this as a fountain of youth, uh, I hope I, I don't come across as ageist, but, um, <laughs> but a fountain of youth. We can really go back to that carefree time when our inner child was so active and play music, really play music. Allow ourselves to improvise, allow ourselves to, to learn and, and express the mastery that we have, whether it's a musical instrument that's taken us years to master or just some body percussion and that sense of rhythm that we all have. And we have that till the end of our lives. That's in the brainstem. That's telling us how to regulate our gait and how our heart rate and our blood pressure, our blood circulating through our system is so rhythmic. We are rhythmic creatures. And it's just the foundation of what music brings us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have an example of, of a, another um, student yeah. uh, in this class who um, is actually in Serbia. My students come from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, in online format, we can connect with anyone. Yeah. So um, she had to go in for some surgery and she has uh, asthma and some cardiac issues and was very concerned that with a general anesthetic, she really felt like I might not wake up. This might be it. And she had some problems with previous surgeries. So she was just in a panic state. And we had been talking about power songs, songs that empower you, songs that you love to belt out because they're just reminding you of what you have, what you own, who you are. And so she said, the night before the procedure, I dived into a sound world of music meditations, including a song I wrote of peace and gratitude. I woke up refreshed and on my way to the hospital, right until entering the OR, I had my power songs in my ear pads. Miracle by Whitney Houston. Hold On by Wilson Phillips. Through the Storm by Yolanda Adams. The procedure went amazingly well. And upon waking up, I was singing those power song lines from Miracle and Hero by Mariah Carey. 
from the bottom of my heart. And I was covered in an overall feeling of joy and happiness to be alive. Pretty profound, huh? Yeah, it really is. And I'm really happy that um, they got through it and better than what they've expected because of music. And I know, I know person, um, personally, I know some people that are very scared of surgeries, rightfully so. And, but they're mainly scared of the anesthesia part because mm-hmm. it's kind of scary to be put to sleep and you never know if you're going to wake up or not. And so yes, there's like an yes. anxiety that comes from that. <clears throat> and, and if I may add, Zane, um, when you wake up from surgery in the recovery room, you're often in pain. You're often disoriented because you're just getting that anesthetic out of your system. And you may be tied down with wires and IVs and, uh, and the beeping of the, the technology and the, the whiteness and sterile environment. You may be restrained, so frightening. But think about this, if there were music playing and you woke up and the first thing you experienced was this familiar music that you love, it actually can regulate your vital signs and help you recover because that panic in the recovery room is not where where you want to be. And that's affecting your heart rate, your blood pressure, and even your respiration. Very interesting. Um, But you know, it totally makes sense. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah, it does. I can imagine music having that effect. And what I was thinking about when you were talking about that, um, maybe not really on the topic, um, but it is of music, but I'm just thinking how universal music is. Um, it's hard to find someone who doesn't like music because it really suits everyone. But there are people out there who don't like poetry, who don't like a traditional art like painting. But music is different because it seems like almost everyone has a connection with it. Um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I know what you're saying, Zane. I think that music is a part of us. We are rhythm. We are music. We are. We, when we talk. That's music. Yeah. When we walk, it's in rhythm. It's hard to walk out of rhythm. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, our, again, our heartbeat and, and our circulatory system, this, this is music. This is the foundation. This is really who we are. So there may be music that you really dislike, and there may be sounds that set you off. And some people are a very sensitive to sound. And so they, they really are afraid of sound. So there are people who, who say they don't like music, but I've always been able to find something yeah. that a person can relate to with all the genres, with all the instruments, with all the electronic sounds that we have access to, with all of our inner creativity our inner resources, our inner talent that so few of us have ever even given a chance to pursue and develop. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I agree that there's, for music, there's always something for someone, even if it's just the one song or a simple tune, I think people can resonate with it. And I think that's great for also community building because we all have something in common. Um, instead of othering ourselves with other people or, you know, looking at them as different, um, which people do. But then when you have music or a concert, 
you have people that have no relation. Maybe people would not even like each other. And they're all there in a ritual at a concert. And they're just kind of celebrating the music and something kind of beautiful about that, you know, when it comes to community building. It is so beautiful. I so agree. And they're just example after example when we're all in sync. I mean, we're all in the rhythm. We're all together and we're all connecting with whatever it is that that artist is trying to express to us. That is a very deeply personal part of us that we're sharing and relating to. And that is going to bring us together in a very, very powerful way. Hello, Positive Vibers. In commemoration of our longest episode with Dr. Hanser, and for this episode being entirely about music therapy and the positive benefits that music brings to us as a community and as individuals, we will have our first break here. Definitely relax, get some water, um, reflect on what's been talked about, and listen to Carl Jenkins' Benedictus. And we're very happy to see you back for the episode. think with people who have trouble um, or difficulty kind of coming out about their emotions and their feelings, especially with their partner or families, it seems like music can actually do that for them. So let's say they have a favorite song and they love the words and maybe you don't, you won't even understand that. Like, what do they mean? But when you listen to the words, it's like, wow, I understand how you're actually feeling now. And, you know, you may have been scared to speak on it yourself, but music can actually be your voice. And I think that's really interesting. <clears throat> Oh, again, it can be your voice. That's exactly what music therapists are capitalizing on. So Zane, I've used music in family therapy. Think about how an adolescent who is typically rebellious and may have music that his parents hate. In this therapy session, he plays that music. We all listen to it. He talks about what he loves about this and his parents begin to understand and they play some of their favorite music that this kid really dislikes. And they explain how in their relationship, this music was important and they get a chance to talk about things that wouldn't otherwise come up. Music is a nonverbal kind of psychotherapy when in 
in a, uh, a session with a qualified music therapist with advanced training, uh, a very powerful form of therapy, going right to the heart, expressing things that might not come up in talk therapy, that aren't having to be processed through the frontal lobe, through the cortex that's analyzing what's going on. I may not know why I feel this way, but wow, that song says it. And right, right away, it's out there. And we could talk about the music safely without talking about me. Wow, that is really I'm protected. Yeah. I'm protected. I, I'm not going to talk about my feelings, but here's a song I love. Yeah. And wow, this is what it brings out. Poof. All those boundaries, phew, gone. <laughs> yeah, really. I think music can break those boundaries that people are experiencing and you know, maybe tap more into themselves and who they are. And music can be such a huge development for some people. So do you think that there is a growing movement for music therapists? Music therapy is beginning to be better understood. And I think that um, because now um, medicine is changing, integrative medicine uh, is more accepted. And uh, integrative medicine means that we're building on uh, ancient philosophy and ritual. It means that we're building on um, non-traditional sorts of mind, body, mind, body, spirit approaches. And that's what music therapy is. And now we have the research and we have the evidence to show that music therapy is effective. It can be very effective in relieving depression, anxiety, uh, even loneliness and isolation. It's very effective with people who have dementia and are very confused and cannot really recognize who they are or who they're with or where they are. They're so disoriented, but a piece of music that they recognize because that part of the brain is preserved. That part of the brain is not as... Um, as affected by a neurological disease, that, that music brings out perhaps all the words to the song, or if they've played an instrument before and suddenly it appears on, on the nursing home unit. Some people who have not spoken in years can go over to the piano, play a beautiful piece of music from start to finish. The sorts of things that music brings out are just beginning to be understood. And that anecdotal evidence, in addition to the scientific mechanisms that I described earlier, and the research on clinical outcomes, psychological outcomes that can be significantly affected through music therapy, you can't, you can't hide from that literature. It's very impressive. And more and more music therapy is then being recognized and accepted in traditional settings, clinical, medical, rehab. That's great. I'm, I'm excited that music therapy is becoming more of a, you know, maybe not necessarily established, but getting more credibility, even though, it, because you're saying the research is coming up, there's more research, um, there's 
these huge monumental effects on people that people have been able to witness and, you know, kind of record. And so I'm really excited that that's happening to the field. Um, and, and you know um, what? There, there's so much, um, so much before, uh, before our pandemic, we were really focused on the opioid crisis. Yeah. People using yeah. medicine because they're so distraught or anxious or depressed or agitated or experiencing trauma. And music therapy doesn't have those kinds of side effects. It's non-addictive and yet it, it, it can be something that we can experience over and over and over because there's so much music in the world and there's so many ways we can express ourselves through music, through our voices, through our rhythm, yeah. through whatever training and mastery we develop ourselves. And I think what's cool, when you mentioned apps before about different types of music you can listen to or all these different things, what's really cool about certain apps now is there's apps that you can just easily just make music from just beats and sounds that they have and you just like garage band or just other stuff. Exactly. I found it, yeah, I found an app where it kind of has samples and then you kind of just can put it together however you want. Um, and you kind of just kind of make your own music. And there's something really cool about that. Cause you know, back then when you hear <clears throat> different songs, you'd have to be expert musicians or even when you back then like techno music still now there would be complicated programs you have to download and stuff. And now with these apps, it just makes music so accessible. And then like you can, tap, you can like tap into that inner artist in you that you didn't know that you had, um, I think that's awesome. I think it's great. I'm seeing those kind of apps like come into fruition. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I do. I do. And music therapists uh, really uh, are developing apps like those mm -hmm. so that we can get music into the hands of everyone. No one should be without a creative outlet. Yeah. And then so one of my next question is, can you further go into how music therapy can help people with disabilities and mental health problems. Yeah, well, I mentioned already that it can be a valuable type of nonverbal psychotherapy. My own work um, has been focused on uh, depression and anxiety um, specifically. And um, in one study that I did, um, it really was the beginning of, of telemusic therapy because um, I was working with people who were homebound, so they couldn't come out for services, clinical services or therapy. And they might have been homebound because they were too ill to leave their homes. They might have been caring for a loved one with a chronic illness or, um, or condition um, where they couldn't leave them and come out for treatment themselves. They may have been um, really destitute uh, and not having any resources to travel to a clinic and to pay for it. And so um, with these homebound individuals, I made home visits to teach them some coping strategies through music. And it involved engaging the body in music, moving to music, doing a facial massage along with music, doing something called progressive muscle relaxation just naturally releasing tension and tightening and releasing, tightening and releasing with the tension of the musical phrases. And then using imagery with music, guided imagery with music. There is something called the Bonnie method 
of guided imagery and music, which has been very effective in helping people to, uh, to understand their emotions and to process them through listening to music, closing their eyes, and describing the thoughts and images that come up. So all of these techniques um, were taught uh, to these folks who had clinical levels of depression. And because my presence in the home, I thought might be a big factor if they did improve, um, I had one condition that didn't meet me at all. And it was all music therapy via telephone. They had instructions on how to do these tasks. And I spoke to them over the telephone once a week. They didn't meet me at all. They never saw me. And we, we would talk about how they could find music that would be a, an appropriate accompaniment to these different techniques and strategies. And they uh, practiced those throughout eight weeks. And then I looked at how depressed they were, how anxious they were, how distressed they were, all kinds of psychological measures. And both groups improved significantly over the eight week period. And I decided, uh, in fact, it was a randomized controlled trial. So people were randomly assigned to having the home condition with me, doing it on their own with just a phone call a week, and then a control group that had no music at all uh, and no additional forms of, of therapy. And both music conditions were significantly different than the control condition. Checking in on them nine months later, there were consistent gains in their depression and anxiety scores. And they had expressed that they learned how meaningful it could be to listen to music. And so they made it a part of their routines. And just listening regularly really kept them so they were no longer clinically depressed. In fact, at the end of those eight weeks, the, the folks who had both music, either music condition, more closely resembled a non-depressed sample of people. So there was what we call clinically significant changes as well as statistically significant differences. That was a mouthful about my research, but there are many research studies and now what we call meta-analyses and systematic reviews of the literature that are very convincing. So I hope that, that we'll see music therapists in many more settings and, um, and that people will also understand that there are strategies that they can use to make their lives better and in the positive psychology parlance to flourish and to empower themselves to be the best they can be. Wow. So then one of my final questions is I just want to know about this organization that you are president of. Um, I'm just curious on like what it's like being in the role, what the organization is and how you got that role, how long you've been involved in the org. I know it's like a lot, <laughs> but Thank you. I would love to hear about what this organization does. It sounds really fascinating. Thank you for asking. So the International Association for Music and Medicine is a place, a global place where um, people from all over the world who are in different disciplines and know that there's a strong connection between music and medicine or health. And that there are many um, therapeutic applications for music mm -hmm. and that there are many uh, sources of impact of music 
Um, and there are many people who um, are in the medical field and are not planning to be music therapists, but know that there are techniques that they can use and utilize um, to make their patients feel better and to, uh, to help people cope with hospitalization. So all of those things that are at the intersection of music, medicine, and health are the subject matter of this institute. It's the International Association for Music and Medicine, affectionately called IAM. Uh, IAMM. And if you go to um, IAMMonline.com, you will um, encounter uh, IAM 2020, which you can, um, you can register for. And this includes a, a whole series of uh, webinars that we did all summer long on special interest groups, on things like music therapy in different populations, uh, also physicians' perspectives on, on music and music therapy. Uh, we had some uh, musicians talking about uh, how they see music uh, affecting people in their work and their intention. Right now we have um, a, an event, weekly event series that's free uh, called I Am Insights and their workshops. Um, one coming up uh, actually, um, November and December, we'll be continuing weekly free webinars. So again, if you go to imonline.com, um, you can find um, and register for any of these. We have one coming up with uh, Dr. Lisa Wong, who is a uh, well-known pediatrician and also a violinist. And she is uh, leading a session with, um, with a jazz great, Stan Strickland. And, um, and also a member of the, um, uh, of, um, sorry, I'm blanking on her affiliation, but Christina is, um, is a, an incredible musician from Galicia. And Christina Pato uh, is a member of Yo-Yo Ma's group. And, um, and so they uh, will be talking about, I am in the moment, what it is to be in the moment with music. So you see there are all sorts of connections um, and people who are physicians, healthcare workers, music therapists, musicians, people just interested in how music and health can connect. And they're from all over the world. They have very different cultural perspectives and expectations of how music can be healing, how music is used in medicine. And um, I'm just really honored to have been elected president just this summer. So wow. I'm starting my tenure and planning uh, I am 2021 for students and novices who really know very little about music and medicine and want to be uh, mentored and want to explore those connections and possible professional career opportunities, research collaborations, uh, all sorts of ways to bring people together through music and health. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out and urge our, um, you know, our supporters to definitely check that website out too and the different workshops that they can attend. That's great. Um, Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so the last question is, I always ask, is do you have anything that you want to bring up that you didn't get to speak about during the interview? Yeah, thanks for asking, Zane. There is one other story I'd like to tell, and that is of a, 
uh, a gentleman who was um, seriously affected by COVID-19, hospitalized, and it ended up that he was in a medically induced coma um, as he was intubated. Um, and um, 21 days, he was in this coma on a respirator. Uh, I should say he is, he is fine now, he did recover. But his wife was wise enough to bring, of course she couldn't visit him, but she brought him his music and his favorite playlists. And she asked the medical staff to please just play this, this set of playlists every day for him. 21 days later, when he awakened, he said that he remembered every single song and he could tell you the order and, and he was immersed in this musical dreamlike state. But what he said was the music kept me alive. And of course, we don't, we don't make claims that music can cure disease, but indeed in a traumatic state of, of being in a, a coma on a respirator near the end of life, near death, uh, he was deeply connected to the music. And I think there's a powerful message for all of us there. Yeah, I think um, what the mind can manifest um, by just doing simple things like listening to music or playing games. I know that there was an inspirational story on a, a woman who survived cancer because she play games. And I think it's interesting how you rewire your brain to be positive and to experience things differently in a way that because you're training your mind to, it almost kind of manifests that. I'm not saying it changes reality, especially since I don't think music is the cure to COVID-19, but, or any of these diseases or anything. But like you said, with that previous student from Serbia, you come out of it and the recovery may be smoother. And you even be, you may even come out of it less agitated or more, um, you know, in a good mental state instead yeah. of it, if maybe if he, this person you're talking about didn't have music, maybe, well, maybe they wouldn't have lived and, or maybe they would have, but it would have been a slow and kind of painful recovery. And now it seems like it's seamless how it, the transition to like the disease to not and how, smooth it was you know what I mean if that makes any sense <laughs> no, of course it does saying it and I I so thank you for um your your great guiding questions here mm. and I just hope that that together today we've inspired some people to make music more a part of their lives mm -hmm. and to allow it to um to guide them to a better place and I do want to say one other thing the Silk Road Ensemble is Christina Pato's a wonderful group. And I, I just completely blanked on that, that name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, please tune in on one of our I Am Insights uh, workshops coming up. Great. Um, well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It was amazing to hear from a professor in this field. It was our first time talking with a professor, um, but we're definitely interested. And if you have anyone that would be interested in coming on, talking about their passion for their research or their field, definitely suggest someone to, we would love to have them. I um, will, there's some amazing music therapists doing remarkable work. 
Lovely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and if you ever need anything, let us know. And thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Zane. Thank you so much, Dr. Hanser, for coming on our podcast and talking about music therapy. We learned so much about music therapy today and we learned about the wonderful and monumental effects it has on our mood, mitigating stress, our health, our bodies, our souls, and minds. The list is honestly endless with what music therapy and the wonders of music does for us. And if you don't listen to music daily, I encourage you all to listen with purpose. Listen to music with purpose and see where it takes you. See the places you can travel to and think about the things that you can create in your mind and manifest them. Thank you again, Dr. Hanser. We are very excited and we're very grateful you were able to come on our podcast and look forward to our next episode, everybody. Sending you all positive vibes.